welcome to I Love That, a Bachelor podcast, because the unexamined life isn't worth living. I'm Zach. I'm, Dr. Zach. I'm Dr. Wade. This is smooth, seamless intro. Yeah, we're crushing it today. We oh, are yeah. crushing it today. Like we are going to crush our corporate daddies. We're going to crush ABC. Yes. Those, those cowards. Man, this is this is a fucked up season. Yes. Yes it is. I um I have I have something very, very important to get off my chest about this episode, and I, w- I really want to get into it right off the bat so we have enough time. Please. Okay, so this this Dutch uh, spa. Milk and okay. oatmeal, yeah. yeah. Oatmeal, milk, butter. Farting under now, the blanket. Now, yeah. Now, the thing is, the thing that really fucking bugs me about this is why wasn't there anyone there to explain it to me. That was weird. That, that fucking pisses me off. And here's why. Because now I have to go fucking Google it. Now I have to look this up. They forced my hand here. They could have easily shown off whatever fucking culture this is. Where's the Dutch Pennsylvanian to tell me about, you know, what it is? You know, and I was talking to my mom. My mom's like, oh, well, you know, oatmeal is good for your skin. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I can buy that. But what's the history behind it? What does it actually do? Why the butter? You know, is there just a surplus of butter? Is Dutch butter different than regular butter? Obviously, they used, you know, Kirkland or whatever the fuck regular ass butter. But, <laughs> you know, like there's... There's, there, there, I needed an explanation. And culturally too, why would a, you know, if this if this has been handed down for like a hundred years, like were they wasting food like this? Like were old oh Dutch God. pioneers wasting oatmeal yeah. and milk and butter to rub it on them? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Is this like the equivalent of an Amish wedding? You know, where on your wedding day you waste all of this shit, you know, to get all gussied up and animal fats and ancient grains so what did you learn you said you looked it up no i did not look it up okay yeah but i have to now do you yes i have to know this is so stupid why couldn't they just have someone there yeah you got to imagine there was at least a a bulletin board or a rules board that was like don't piss in the oatmeal you put your feet in it don't drink the milk you just bathe in it and get a uti or whatever there's got to be guidelines. It wouldn't be safe otherwise. There's got to be guidelines. Yeah, there has to be. There just has to be. Yeah. I could not be more upset. I've also noticed this is the second or third season in a row where there has been some kind of spa day that involved people thwacking each other with with dried brush. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing until this show. Just smacking each other with leaves. And I wonder if it is even an actual therapeutic thing or if it's like a time massage where it's like, I can't believe they're paying us to like step on their backs and break their spines like and hurt them. Like this is, you know, we tricked them. We told them it was, you know, a luxury. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Um, So I I got a Sakyant tattoo in Thailand by a uh, a, uh, one of the monks out there in a jar and um at the end of it, um, he he bequeathed um, 
the powerful Thai words upon my tattoo and threw water on my back where the tattoo is. And then he did, in fact, hit me with shrubbery afterwards. So maybe there is some common theme um, going on There's uh, in these spa things or some ancient power mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah, like in a burning sage. Like I, I, I could buy that that's old school, the, the whacking with shrubs, but the wasting yeah. milk, milk butter and oatmeal. It's just, yeah, I don't know why you would, I don't know why you would waste a surplus of goods for skincare. It's uh, supply side economics, man. <laughs> we gonna go there? So I'm <laughs> we sorry. Do this? We spent <laughs> we spent so much time before the podcast having this conversation, and I need to I need to wedge it in a question I have to you, like if 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 I can get serious because. The, yeah. con- the conversation around this season has been messy. The season has been messy. It's It's been weird. So, like, is it because we're culturally at a point where we can't have nice things in escapism anymore and we have to deconstruct it in, like, a culture war fight because late-stage capitalism has left us with no other avenue of satisfaction? Or have we just outgrown this show? <laughs> As a society, not us. Like, but you know what I mean. Oh. Like, it used to be escapism, and it seems like now we're having these. You know, it's 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 hard to not have the conversation. So, is that just like culture war shit, or is the show like dated and it's been on too long and it like needs to be better at representing? I think it's both. <clears throat> I think culture war stuff is. Um, important for uh, our for capitalism because um, the only way to keep um, people in their tribes is to use wedge issues and identity politics and what better than a um, than through a giant mega corporations show on a nationally televised channel um, to keep people uh, like you said in late stage capitalism at bay um, at, at each other's throats for reasons that don't tie at all to um, <laughs> bettering themselves or society, you know, or anything just to keep them confused. But I also think uh, the show has been on for a long time. And in order to maintain the ratings, they're forced to cause the, you know, to, to cause this kind of drama, you know, um so you know i, I although i do th- you know and i i don't know i'm not an ad guy i'm not a ratings guy um but i think that there's i think for me more people want to watch a love story than they do a love story with drama you know messy like real life than something that's you know that culminates into a waste of time and boy has this season felt like a waste of time a complete fucking waste of time i just like i know they don't last whoever he picks rachel Mm -hmm. um there's just no way that it lasts and nothing's of value here and did I did we talk about this last week where why are they 
How are they going to do all of those great men on Tasha's season with these young drama-ridden influencers? Yeah, or Peter's women. Um, God, I want a paradise so bad. And Me I, too. And I think you, you make a valid point. I wouldn't... Uh, it's hard to remember because they reward the bad behavior, but I'm sure there are a lot of decent women in the ranks here. Like, you know, your, your Katie's and... Oh my God, and Abigail, such, yeah. Katie, Michelle, um, Brie, um, Piper, Maggie. Yeah, there, I mean, there are a million well, of yeah, them. Yeah, there, there are good ones. I don't know that they're going to get picked. You're right. It's going to be all, all Demi's. I'm jaded from the edit. I know, we're going to get Blake and Demi again. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah, and speaking of the edit on this season, like, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I'm all over the place here. Is there anything specifically you wanted to hone in on about this episode? Oh, sure. So, yeah, I, I really only have one major thing, um, I guess. <coughs> and it's... um, My mom called me. 12 minutes into the episode. And she's like, Zachary, I'm so pissed off. And I'm like, is everything okay? What's going on? And she said, I, I'm just so pissed off that Matt aired out his drama with his dad like that on national television. And so I had to think about it. And, uh, you know, I was talking to her. And uh, what I'm thinking is there are many different ways to consider this. Um, one, the producers knew about it and knew that it meant something to Matt. And so they did their little meddling and brought him in and, you know, riled Matt up to have this conversation. Or Matt knows that he'll never get this conversation with his dad unless it's for the show. So he just used the opportunity, you know, or yes. He's actually a spiteful little bastard who wanted to air out, you know, who wanted to put his dad on blast on national TV. Um, you know, and honestly, I don't think Matt's that conniving. I just don't. So it's either producer meddling. Um, or. Oh, well, no, it's just producer meddling. You know, they riled him up mm -hmm. to have the convo. And like, yeah, I feel bad for the dad, but do, you, do you, have you seen New Girl? I've seen episodes. Okay, so Nick Miller's uh, Nick Miller's dad's a con man, right? And like total scumbag. And he comes back into the show, into Nick's life out of nowhere. And Nick's trying to tell Jess to like, hey, just stay away from this guy. He's a full on con man. Yada yada yada. So. Jess goes out of her way to engineer a situation in which they ha they are forced to speak to each other and uh, try to overcome a problem. And at which point, you know, the dad says, well, you know, son, let, let's let's go to a ball game tomorrow. I know everything sucked. You know, we had this moment, you know, just like Jess had engineered. So let's go let's go have a ball game let's go to a ball game and hang out you know whatever we're gonna we're finally gonna do some father-son time and in the morning he tries he he leaves um before he can have that father-son moment with with uh nick 
And so I just get the feeling that even if this was a, even if it was any of the above of, you know, Matt engineered it, producer meddling, whatever, um, this is only good if you follow it up with actions. You know, the words have to be followed up by actions from the dad. And honestly, uh, it remains to be seen. I don't know if I'm going to get the answer. I don't think anything's going to happen. You know, there's a reason why you have shows like fucking New Girl that have a fucking bit in a sh- about it, about the dad just disappearing, you know? Mm. And this isn't even anything racial. It's just sometimes there are bad fathers, you know? And as someone who doesn't have a father, at least he's got one. True. And I, I was thinking, would I trade a shitty dad for a um, no dad? And uh, in my own personal experience, I don't think I would. I think I would just choose no dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was curious, given your, uh, you know, not having a consistent biological father in your life, like how you might feel about it. Not the same thing necessarily. You know, it's like dead to absent, but it is, uh, man, I don't, again, it's like tip to trying to even wade into this conversation. I'll just say uh, I did listen to the, uh, bachelor party, Rachel Lindsay podcast where oh, yeah? they, they okay. dissect this from the appropriate perspective. And I think that's, I think it's a good listen. It's only like a half hour one, but they, they kind of concisely explain sort of what the problem or, you know, how people saw this, like, obviously the uh, absent black father stereotype. I know. And, and, and I was like, and when we, I can't I was, believe they're doing that. And that's what I was talking about with the edit beforehand, because they touched on this, that like, we don't know Matt James. We don't know anybody. And it seems like, like part of me was like, Matt, he keeps saying this on every one-on-one. He's like, Oh, like I commitment relationships, my absent dad. And I'm like, was he just like singing this song the whole show or have they edited it to make this his thing? Like Matt's, oh, Matt's, Matt's defining characteristic is not that he's like an athlete, a founder of a charity for children or like a New York socialite. He's a black kid whose dad sucked. And is, yeah. like, is that what ABC like with the first black bachelor? Are they just doing their ABC thing where they're like, you God. know, they're they're trying to tell his story, but from their perspective. And it looks like the blind side or some, you, you know, like it's uh. not. It's not We're such cynics now. No, and I hate to be, but like that's that was a big takeaway that people had. And like you observed, this was not for television. Like, you know, your your mom caught it, too. That like this. If they wanted to have this conversation, I think they could have had it outside of the show. And a lot of people think producers just got in Matt's head and were like, yeah, this is your story. Let's talk more about your dad. You think your dad's the reason you've never been in love and can't commit to people? And I'm like, what about your deadbeat dad? And like. Mm, it was it, I, th- I thought the interview was awkward because you know like i'm not forgiving the father for his part i don't know the fucking details of their life but when he came in he was like i thought we were here to celebrate and matt was like no like you left me and mom and i needed i didn't need shoes and pizza i needed a dad and it's like it really stunk of producer manipulation that no one knew what this was and even matt's tweet after the episode aired was like i think he kind of recognized like oh shit like abc sort of played me on this one like they got me to play into this a band you know what the stereotype of like the fucking way that you know we, 
And it, and it makes me wonder because really? I've given he tweeted that. No, no, he. Oh my god. Well, here I've, I mean, I've, like I've got it pulled up. It was like. I wanted to say too often we see dangerous stereotypes and negative depictions of black fathers in media. They have consequences when presented without context. I hope people watch this oh. conversation with nuance and care. So I think even Matt is recognizing that like those whoa. filthy bastards. And as as hard as I've been on him, that like oh Matt like he's a Republican and you know and like he's he, whatever is probably conflicted about being biracial or gives preference to his white side. And this is not my fucking judgment to make at all. But like. After what this show has put him through, like, it's got to be a, a growth experience for him. Like, even if I think he's, like, a little hollow and fake and he's just, like, trying to impersonate Tyler and, like, you know, like, what the show has kind of, like, kicked him around to do is, I mean, fuck, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm sympath- signaling with him. I'm sympathizing with him a lot more that, like, goddamn, it must have been hard to have been brand new to the franchise with the weight of being the first black bachelor and then to have them edit your story like this. Ugh. And he's probably going to end up with the racist one. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, yeah. So it really, yeah. I, I mean, there you go. Producer manipulation. Yeah. Incidentally too, his, uh, talk crying, talking head over Serena P from the previous episode appears to be from the same talking head after his conversation with his dad. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, I feel like I've seen this. Just, you know, more producer manipulation stuff. So gross. You know what else is gross? Is that uh, it seems like whatever conversation he has with his mom on the next episode is going to be upsetting also. Maybe not Peter Barb levels of upsetting, but... Do his parents even talk? Like, couldn't they both be proud of him? Or do they, like, hate each other? And has that colored his... Is that why he has hang-ups about his parents' divorce? Because, like, they hate each other and his dad wasn't around or he wasn't, like, allowed to see his dad. Or did his dad not want to see him? Like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, and I don't think it's our place to know, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. What so like what we should have been watching is a love story and, and like the best part of this episode is these three girls women they all <laughs> they all think they they're in love with him either they are or they aren't but like they feel like he's the one for them and I wish I saw more of that you know journey of them developing these relationships, you know? But I feel like all we got was softer drama, and it's like the the best part is when you see the sweetness, you know, and you see them, you know, because now I'm like, now I'm invested in Brie and Michelle and even Rachel, you know, and like how much they care about him and their relationship. And I wish there just wasn't that flip, in the show when you get to hometowns, you know, where like, okay, we're going to focus on the relationships now. And it's like, okay, cool. Thanks. You know, I thought that's what we were doing, but it's mostly drama. And again, I just want to see them fall in love. And we're still not focusing on it. Like the, the whole dad thing is like, what, what he's supposed to propose to these girls in a day. Like this is not the time or place for that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I am invested in these girls as well. Like, I 
I like them just fine, but the uh, focusing on like the relationships seemingly for like the first time this late in the game is like or at least feeling like oh my god they actually do love him you know i mean outside of rachel like i, I was clear that rachel was very into him you know I, you know the rest of it you get the token i'm falling for you and that's it mm. you know yeah <laughs> it's weird it's weird too like one one huge thing uh that they've started doing i guess since peter's season is putting the final three together for no reason other than to whoever's the least secure they're gonna get the third fantasy suite so that we can watch them sweat crack and whatever and that's you know rachel was the one this time around and like i don't think people like that no i don't think they do it's gross because it, it 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 amplifies the potential sexual nature of these overnight dates. Yeah, and it reminds you how disgusting the whole show is to begin with. That like, oh, you're gonna you were you got engaged to someone like the day after they they slept with two other people that they were dating within a week, and like he just <laughs> he just picked one of you like like off a menu. I, I don't know. I mean. You no, yeah. it, but you forget and like you wish you could just have the escapism of like oh young adults making s fools of themselves in some weird experiment like that's what it's supposed to be but it's those moments that like really remind you like whoa they're they're making these women like suffer yeah on yeah suffer that's all it's there so is so weird it you know well the thing is in like you know in like love island uk they're getting down to the fucking nitty gritty, you know, they're doing the nasty man um, in front of each other and with different people. But it's it's all it's also like sex positive. It's on their terms and it's above board, too. Yes. And so it makes it such a different thing. And it's like this show. I do love this show. I may not seem that way, but. <clears throat> I just wish it was done with more care. You know, it, it's like when... It's like when a corporation gets too big. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, I think the successes of the Love Islands and such are, uh, you know, let's call it democracy in the workplace. It's like the, these shows are completely manufacturing stories and selectively editing to tell you what they want to tell you and create false drama. Whereas those other shows just let the, the cameras are on and the people are going to do what they do. And that's good enough. Life's messy. Yeah. Drama let, happens. Like Let them make the decisions and get in the fights. Don't like withhold information or hijinks them or sabotage them to force those situations. Just let them happen. They're more enjoyable. They're more believable. Damn, man. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. I want that. <clears throat> I want that, but on this show. <laughs> and I think everyone does. People are like, you know what? Like, Chris Harrison and all that. Like, this is... This is out of control. Let's just do Paradise for, like, four seasons until we can retool how we're going to approach The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I wouldn't be opposed to just doing um, a paradise, you know, all the time. Yeah, I don't think anyone would like I this is one of those rare episodes where I actually uh, 
you know, read what people were talking about and like read articles and surfed Reddit or whatever. And I am seeing a large, you know, we're, uh, we're socialist jackasses, but we're also kind of touching on a lot of things that other people are thinking that like paradise is better. Shows like love Island are better. Producer manipulation is bad. Editing in terms of stereotypes and patriarchy and manufactured drama is all like, these are not, this is not what people watch the show. They want to get to know a bunch of cool people and watch them fall in love. And yes, drama will, it'll happen. It'll just happen. You don't need to like make it up because then it, you get this resentment from the audience and that's why all these conversations about The Bachelor are like, fuck Chris Harrison, fuck ABC for being racist. Like, Yeah, the thing is, and I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about an analogy and I'll start the analogy with, do you think Jeff Bezos sought out to do what he's doing right now when he started? If his end result was just to get rich, then yes. Because, yeah, uh, uh, because I feel like, you know, Jeff started out with a good idea. He was selling books, you know, um, and disrupting the um, the book marketplace, you know, using the Internet. And look, I'm so anti Jeff Bezos, but, you know, this is the analogy I've come up with. It was a good idea and uh, it made him some money. And then now it's it's become so huge and bulbous and gluttonous um, that it's so far from its original idea, so much so that he, he's even bastardized his initial idea of an online book marketplace by opening up fucking brick and mortar bookstores, you know, like <laughs> you, you have a good idea and you get so far fucking removed from it that you end up being, you know what? Sometimes you got to live long enough to see yourself become the villain. This is Batman. Mm hmm. Or it's a state-sanctioned monopoly that by using Amazon and letting it grow to a point where it completely displaced the idea of brick-and-mortar bookstores, it's like, now they've gone extinct. Cool, so I'll open brick-and-mortar bookstores, and I'm the only game in town, because no one can compete with Amazon. State-sanctioned monopoly, ooh. Uh, I like that. Oh, have we not yes. covered this? Yeah, yeah. No, but, but but it's a for profit monopoly. It's not like the post office or, you know, things that everyone needs that ought yes. to be, you know. Yeah, it, it's, it's no it's no mutual aid business. It's not something that like actually benefits society. It's just something that makes someone rich. Yeah. And I can't think of a great example off the top of my head. Like, let's just say like big oil or big pharma, you know, like people who control prices and bribe the government and insist that like you're gonna keep letting us you know be the biggest game in town no questions no antitrust laws applied to us that kind of thing have you have you heard about um that nevada bill have we talked about this i don't think so okay so there's a there's a bill in nevada um and it's it's to create um, it's planned legislation to establish new businesses, uh, business areas in Nevada, in Nevada that would allow tech companies to effectively um, form separate local governments on the land. Mm. It's hyper scary. It's so scary because 
if this goes through, now imagine then this sets a precedent in a state, you know, and then if another state does it, say a state similar, you know, like tax-wise and uh, uh, politically, like Nevada, like let's say Florida, you know, and Disney World, which is pretty much its own planned local fucking government, uh, decides to create its own thing. And so this this alternative form of local government is essentially they, they can have their own laws. They can have their own like police, you know, like they create their own little government on this on this area. And that's super scary to me. And I think. I think we need more disruptors in this area, in this sort of uh, industry or specialization, because essentially the bachelor has gone so far from its original idea that it's bastardizing it. And these upstart young shows like love Island and uh, 90 day fiance, it's so much better. And I think we need to get back to brass tacks and the roots of what, the idea was otherwise you're going to have a bachelor nation city create its own laws and government you know and it's not going to be safe for the people that are on the show agreed and i think it speaks to the show being around so long anything that is a successful capitalist enterprise is bound to prioritize the wrong things at a certain point like now, it's stoking culture wars and trying to appeal to everybody without being accountable for any kind of positive change. And it's great for the advertisers, but everyone hates the show now. It feels so calculated. But you know what I mean? That like people complain about the show. Like, I feel like the, yeah. the minority is people who can still just view it as escapism and drink their wine and be like, ha ha, beautiful people exactly. crying. Yeah, like, look, we love this show. And yet, all we do is bitch about it. Although, if you think that's the case, go back and listen to us talk about Tasha's season. I was going to remind people that, yeah, we were nice that on that one. She was so good. It, it, it felt good. <laughs> Fuck, I mean, if you had removed Luke from Hannah B's season, it would have been great. Yeah, well, it's not like they don't it, know how to make a good season. Exactly, so I don't get it. I just don't fucking get it. Yeah, just hands off. Was it intentional? It feels so fucking calculated. Yeah. I just don't see how they could botch it so bad. Like, literally, <laughs> you had you had the most representation you've ever had this season. Just edit it like they were all white. Just, like, treat it like a normal season, for God's sakes. Like, don't, you know, like... But it's not a normal season, Wade. Our waspy values are being attacked. You know what's extra scary about that Nevada shit? Oh, please. They already did this. Like this they did this shit a hundred years ago. Like company towns where like the the corporation like created a municipality and they like provided the housing for everybody in the town and the town had to pay them for their housing and they would get coupons instead of money and they had to buy their shit at the company store. Like it's fucking it's serfdom. It's sharecropping. It's borderline slavery. Like, why are we? Oh, yeah, we're, we're close to feudalism. But just the idea. Oh, God. The idea of corporations having the rights to like, oh, no, you can buy a city and write your own laws. What the fuck? Like, who keeps you in check then? Who are you accountable to? Exactly. Well, and then it becomes, well, as long as you're making money, you know, and it's like it like 
the the next step here in in this Nevada thing is what let's say uh Tesla goes out there, right? And invites pe- its workers to come live there and then sells them a loan at a predatory rate, you know. And then as we were just talking about, they become serfs to Tesla to pay for their house. You know, you have to keep working for Tesla and then their kids have to work for Tesla because they inherit the debt. You know, how how, how what What's this? What's the safety valve of people getting in debt to a company that they work for in one of these fucking alternative forms of local government? That's a good question. Another is that they're going to need service people. It's like everyone who works at Tesla are they're not also going to work at the grocery stores and gas stations or EV stations or whatever. Like you're going to need an underclass. Like you know, let's pretend Tesla does provide everyone with good housing and it's not a predatory like enslavement situation. Like that town is still owned by the company. So what would they care if at all to like infrastructure or fast food workers or you know like. Yeah, I mean, as of February third, they have it, it. It hasn't hasn't been introduced yet, but they have people. Um, they have a company that's committed to developing a smart city, East Arena. Wow. Well, for all our Nevada listeners, you gotta you gotta organize against this man. <laughs> it, it fucking do something, good God. You know, I mean, and then yeah, well, and these companies don't even like organization amongst the workers case in point amazon yeah going out of his goddamn way i know you're listening jeff <clears throat> um any, anyway sorry to go on that tangent but it, like that that's just how it feels to me is the idea was selling books out of a garage to disrupt a, an industry and now it's state sanctioned capitalism or state sanctioned monopoly yeah, it's weird how a disruptor, you know, turns into oligarch, whatever you'd call it. Like oligarchy, yeah. 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 It's like revolution for who? To what end? To become a god on earth and be above the law. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You weird looking motherfucker. Why do they always got to look weird, man? You know what? No, I'm going to character yeah. attack him. Like, you know, you see yeah, the yeah. Mark Zuckerberg photo with the with like the entire caked on sunscreen. Yeah. As he's surfing. What's going on? Like, why do these people appear to be robots? Yeah. And Musk and like, they just, yeah, it's got to play so, into their personalities that like. So run with me on this. Yeah. What if these these hyper rich CEOs, right, that run these tech companies, what if they were uh, born and bred um, in the hollow mantle of the earth? Um, and, you know, they, they actually they're like a different type of people mm. and the governments, you know, of, of the world know of these hollowed out locations and the super agents that they're breeding down there and they allow them to disrupt and get super rich. And so they're full on fucking aliens. And that's why they don't know how to wear sunscreen, right? Or even look at someone normally. Like non mammals. Yes. 
possibly members of some kind of club. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm just kidding. I don't really buy into that crazy level of conspiracy, but... They are traitors. So- they are uh, traitors to the human race. They are traitors to the human race, and they are so weird in social interactions. Yeah. Super weird. Mm. As weird as people get. You know who else is weird in social interactions? <laughs> is uh, Matt James on these dinner dates. Really weird. Yeah. Like, did you notice how all the women said, I'm falling in love with you or I'm in love with you? Yeah. And how he responded to that? My favorite one is... I think it was Michelle, and she goes, I love that I get to tell you I'm in love with you. And he hit her with a, thank you for sharing. (laughs) Yeah. Ouch. (laughs) But seeing her express that emotion and feeling of love, I love seeing that. Same. Michelle's good. Like, she really cares about him, and I think they'd make a great couple. I think they actually would. They, he appears to be, and always has appeared to have, to be most like himself with her. Carefree and fun and and simple even, you know? Yeah, and he picked her for the one-on-one like the day she showed up and it's been like, you know, at a good high sustained, they've, they're, they're, you know, their connection hasn't like burned out at all. Like it's just been going hot the whole time. Yeah. I, I hope Rachel leaves and he ends up picking Michelle. That's my pipe dream. Yeah, I think that would be best for everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, what's funny, man, is I thought this was the last episode. I was going into this like, how are they going to end this? You know, all in, in like an hour 20. Oh, yeah. For no reason, I just lost a, an episode in my head. Yeah, I was. Uh, Shannon was asking, like, so there's two episodes next, right? Or there's two episodes this week? And I'm like, no, I think they just do the final rows in the first half hour and then they do the rest in the studio, right? Like, isn't that how this works? Yeah, well, it used to be the final episode and then they do like the after the final rows, but now they're doing the after the final rows at the same time. Which is fine. You don't need to drag it out to two hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't or care. Four hours or whatever. It's just, um. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know why. I thought this was the last episode. <laughs> And I was kind of okay with that. Yeah, it's like we wanted it to be over with. Yeah. I I also want to know who the Bachelorette is. Same. Which is something I'm totally fine with being spoiled about because I'm like, oh, well, who cares? You know, I don't need to know who wins. I just want to know who it is. Who are like your frontrunners for that honor? It has to be Abigail. And if it's not Abigail, honestly, Bree or Tia. Okay, I don't... Tia's been out of the game for a while, so... I would love to see her. I liked her a lot back during that season. I don't think, and viewers agree, that Brie maybe doesn't have the charisma to carry the lead. Not that, like, Becca was fucking interesting or Colton was a great conversationalist, but, like... I would lean Tia first. Honestly, I think it'd be cool if... Assuming that Matt blows it, and he will... If uh, Mich- <laughs> Michelle was the next Bachelorette, like she's like nice, wholesome teacher. Oh, yeah. I was still mm-hmm. hoping he picks Michelle. I mean, it should be Michelle. Yeah. Abigail yeah. or Michelle. Yeah. 
Yes. No one from Peter's season. <laughs> Although I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I think I would really enjoy watching Vicky F or Kelsey be the Bachelorette. Oh, man. If they just have like, I think a bad it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But do those people even want spouses? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If they're there for the right reasons, they they will. <laughs> that's see. That's what like the, like the first thing on my notes here is. I don't think Matt wants a wife. And like not to just completely dismiss him as a New York party boy who just wants to like get back to doing Instagram work, you know, taking pictures of his abs with Tyler or whatever. But like I don't think he wants a wife. And based on his like connection with these women, it's it's always felt a little off to me. Like at these dates, Michelle's like, How are you gonna stay in love? And he's like, That's a good question. I've never thought of that. And Bree was that like, was so I want funny. I want to know where your head is at. Like I need I I'm You're not being real with me is the subtext I'm reading here that like Matt, please give me something real. Show me emotion or that you like want to fucking spend the rest of your life with someone. And he's just like, that's a good question. Like he, his responses are also just fucking diplomatic and like removed from love, romance, chemistry. Like, I don't feel like he's really in this. I can't believe he said, I've never thought about staying in love. What the fuck, dude? How do you think this works? It takes work. You can't. I'm so, I mean, you know, I am an unmarried man, but. I've been in relationships and it's not like, hey, I love you. I love you, too. OK, cool. So, you know, you want to like cook pancakes and then, you know, drive around town and look at stuff. And that's just every day. Yeah. You know, life, life happens for life. <laughs> we're, we're good. We're in love. We did it. Yeah. Hey, good morning. I, I love you. Oh, I love you, too. Um, so today you want to you want to eat oatmeal and and then and then I'll go to work and and then we'll come back and like, you know. Nothing bad will happen in my life that I need to share with you or need a rock to lean on that's going to add some maybe messiness to it or whatever. What the fuck do you mean you never thought about that, bro? And so he's never been in love. Yep. And I can't wait to see why that's his mom's fault. <laughs> I bet Old it is. Wooden teeth. I bet it is. I mean, whatever. Upbringing parents, life experience, but like. That is weird that a dude who's pushing 30 is like never been in love, doesn't understand commitment, is d still does not have closure about his parents' divorce. And I do not mean to minimize it because I know a lot of people resonated with, you know, his talk with his dad and that that was like hard or impactful. But also knowing you, someone who really is at peace and has come to terms with the role of their absent father in their lives and like you're much younger than Matt or you're like the same age so yeah i just don't uh that to be to be honest with you and i think that's why the discussion about his father earlier and everything there i'm just so cold or crass about it because i'm like well grow up life sucks that's what happened to me you know i just grow up and and you figure it the fuck out so i i have a hard time having any nuance 
um, probably because of my uh, past, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you uh, uh, thinking that I've got it all together and at peace with the absent father. I'm just saying I don't think it would affect your profession, no. your career or your dating life or you know what I mean? It's like it's compartmentalized. It's like that's my that's your, you know. Yeah, it's my story. Cross to bear or whatever. Like. Yeah. God willing, when I'm on this show, I'm going to have to choose what my, uh, um, I got to get serious and tell them about my trauma portion is. Yeah, what's it going to be? Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be. Although, I have had a thought, and it's tangentially related to this, um, and the through line is reality TV. I think I've nailed what I want to uh, cook for my MasterChef meal. Okay. Um, a airy sort of like you know how like focaccia bread um is like bubbly when it's baked. Sure. You know, so I kind of want to take a uh, a pounded out piece of uh, chicken cutlet, right? And <coughs> and uh, basically, I want to make a schnitzel out of it, but I want the breading to be sort of airy and have pockets of air, so it's not like fully stuck you know, onto the chicken. Mm like most schnitzel and then on top of that put a uh a bed of uh you know butter lettuce endives and do a do that mustard vinaigrette you know put a little spiciness into the vinaigrette as well and uh maybe shallots and green onions on top so you kind of get this like uh, you, you get the crunch of the schnitzel, you get the softness of the lettuce, the crunch of the onions, and you get sour and heat and a little bit of sweet in the sauce, all in a single bite. You know, and you can have the salt in the in the chicken in the in the schnitzel there, and it it speaks to my uh, my Jewish background as well. I think it's a great story. Yeah, this is for your uh, Master Chef or your. Yeah. The reality contest. That's weird. I was like, you know, we talked about this before, but you completely changed the the recipe from the last time yeah. we talked. <laughs> it was pork last time. Oh, I was thinking and, like the, the fucking bagel empire you wanted to build. Oh, I still want to do that. Um, <clears throat> the bagels are really good. Yeah. Um, did no, you, did you get weird with th them or infuse them with anything or are you just just baseline no. bagels to make sure you can you got that? Correct. Correct. I also had to wait for this hyper specific ingredient. Um, I had replaced the malt barley syrup with molasses and it tasted like this is missing like one thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it was probably the barley malt syrup. But everyone loved the way they smelled. They smelled so sweet. And I think that's the molasses. So I think I'm going to do a mixture of molasses and barley malt. <clears throat> Anyway, there nice. you go. Uh, ceramics is sick. The pottery? Are we talking about the, the episode? Yeah. Again? Okay, yeah. Dude, yeah. Sick. throw in some ceramics. Although, here's what I didn't appreciate. I really didn't appreciate the sexualization um, of the pottery what, that the, was going on. The thumb poking? The, the thumb and the finger thing as she's freaking out about his couple nights of sex like that's gross to me yeah they might have well might as well have shown him just smacking chicken breasts 
Yeah. What is that? That is gross, dude. I was like, this is not okay. And yeah, okay. So the, the whole Rachel treatment here of making the girls hang out, making her be insecure and fall apart, and then giving her a date where there's a third wheel, it like starts awkward and stays awkward because there's like an instructor that's been inserted there to make it more awkward while they finger pots of wet clay. I mean, I'm glad she talked to him and they shook it off and had a good time. Where was my third wheel for the Dutch thing? Yeah. Come on, ABC. I need to know what's going on there. Where were all of them? Remember Tasha's one-on-ones? Yeah. For the finals and how like cute and fun they felt? I do remember that. And, I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah, and they just really made sense and the people got to connect on their own terms and learn about each other. Yeah, and we learned that Ivan's clearly not a Christian, and that's why he had to go home. Right. And ABC didn't want us to see someone talk about atheism. Right? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta fucking lose this guy. He is not towing the company line here. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Never been camping? It says so in her bio that she's an outdoors girl. Does it really? Yeah. So that's probably why they put her on that date. And it is huh. it is odd that she seems so not Ill at an ease. outdoor girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird date too. It's like here we got fifty pound backpacks for you to carry. Like go out in the woods, pitch a tent, not to sleep in. Nah, just do it. And then break it down and come back and have dinner. Yeah, we like the sexual allegory of pitching a tent. <clears throat> they yeah. It's it's like I heard it and I'm like, oh right, that that old joke. And then they kept saying it. And I'm like, are they? What are they doing? What are they doing here? <laughs> Your finger in pottery. You set up this weird pitch in a tent joke. It's it's as not subtle as the boys in Lord of the Flies and that pig. You, you know, know? I, I didn't even catch that on my first read through of it. I know we've talked about this before, <laughs> and I, it probably had something to do with capitalism. I imagine if I had read it as an adult, I'd have been like, oh, yeah. But because I was like, what, 12 when I read it or however the fuck old I was, mm -hmm. it also did not occur to me. But when you go back and reread it, it's like, oh, wow. OK, yeah, this is above board. And do you think that like the milk and oatmeal from the first day that they, instead of showing birds and bees after the morning after they're just I like, think so trying to make the dates themselves reek of sexual imagery and make us all it's so weird it's so weird yeah you know and and I feel like they're I feel like they think they're being like coy you know mm -hmm. that's how it comes off to me it's like they think they're being smart with their uh imagery and it's like, nah, dude. I, I watch I watch movies and like good television. So like, and I like to discuss what's going on, um, you know, and the meaning behind things. And this is, is as obvious as the birds and the bees, you know, images. But because you chose not to do that, I now have to think this was a conscious choice to not show me those things and instead use the dates as an allegory for premarital sex. Yeah, and writing the dates around those premises is a disservice to the people. It's, yeah. It's like, neat, neat. A gross date. Fun. 
I feel uncomfortable watching this. And I still yeah. don't know any of these people or believe their love stories. Do you think he had sex with any of them? Uh, yes. All? One? All of some? Them. All of them? You think he did an Ari? I think he did an Ari. Bold of turkey. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just wish I was in love with the story on <clears throat> at this point. Yeah. And since I'm not, I, I, I just shit all over it. So. Rightfully so. I, I can't wait for the next and last episode of this season. Yeah. It'll be fun to at least see how it crumbled or get closure, and then we can speculate on our next Bachelorette and our Paradise victims. They better announce that shit that night of. They probably will. They, yeah. have, they have to, right? Bachelorette is next. Yeah, I mean, and they start filming in March. Okay. So. Wait, it, shit. It t- how long do we have to wait, then? Are we getting a Paradise? Yeah. Is that is Paradise next? <clears throat> is Paradise one? is way later. No, uh, no I think it's going to start in, like, May. Paradise. No. Bachelorette. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Then when and, do we get par- Paradise? <laughs> paradise is always, like, July or August, man. But I thought they just had a Bachelorette with Claire and Tasha, And then they had a Bachelor with Matt James. So, like, Paradise is next, right? I don't know if I don't want to be the one to break this to you, Wade, but there was a pandemic. What? What? Made it made <laughs> made timing kind of weird. What are you even saying? I've I've just been hanging out of my apartment for a year. I you know I'm a chill guy. Yeah, You're... yeah. No, they were they were gonna start like like last March, I think. And then the pandemic happened, and I'm not going to lie to you, that entire last year is such a blur to me that I don't even know when Tasha and Claire's season began. It ended over the holidays, or over, like, December. Right? Did it? Right? I have no I have no recollection. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm, I think it did. It's, it's so hard for me to put a timestamp on anything last year. You know, this is on me for not just looking up the schedule. No, C- Claudia. Claudia was there. So you were in... Um, yeah, I was in Texas for the end so of Tasha's season holidays. and the beginning of Matt James' season. Like, Yeah. So, no, there's not going to be any paradise for these two. That, that, mm. It and, just means there's more people for paradise this year. Yeah, but that makes me mad. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll give you an address to write a letter. Are you ready for it? Uh, yeah. Uh, one six zero zero. West Pennsylvania Avenue. Wait a minute. Washington D.C. I've written letters to this address before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the zip code. You can figure it out with that. Okay. And and you can fi- lodge your complaint there. Okay. Yeah. I should probably, like, explain the benefits of, you know, anarcho-communist syndicalism, too, just to give, you know, like, like a suggestion box. Like, hey, hey, Bachelor, we like <laughs> paradise. We like democracy in the workplace. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Listen yeah. up. Listen up, fuckwads. Okay, that's a good start. Yeah, yeah dear that's... fuckwads. And I listen think up. The rest will write itself. <laughs> hey, Zach, right. Zach. Well, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate. <laughs> Thank, thanks for sharing today. Thanks for pointing, I appreciate that. Pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> poor Bree. Right, well, poor Bree lost her job. Yeah. Might have yeah. might have had to screw a guy who was definitely not going to keep her around, and uh, yeah, mercifully got let go. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Look, if she can't get back into working at Facebook or wherever the hell else she wanted to work, she can sure as shit, you know, schlock shit on the internet. <clears throat> yeah, true. Um, so, eh. There you go. All right. One, yeah. one more left. Just one more. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. This has been I Love That Bachelor. <laughs> I'm Dr. Zach. I'm Dr. We, Wade. And we had a lot of fun today. And yeah, th thank you for listening. Capital is reckless. All things for all people. And email us at I love that bachelor at gmail.com. Yes, screws. Bye. Bye.